New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's, low prices, zero sacrifices. For a hundred years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. I am Amani Toomer and I'm joined here by Mike Tannenbaum. Mike, what's going on? How's your Sunday looking? Where are you at around the world? I'm in Bristol, uh, Amani, and uh, great to be with you. And me and the rest of the listeners are looking forward to you predicting the Giants' victory today. And just going to curious to hear why that's going to happen. Well, Mike, you know what? It's 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 funny you used to say that about the Giants. We have Giants reporter, beat reporter uh, Jordan Renan, and the Renan report here is brought to you by the Sansun Auto Mall. Uh, top ten brands, over two thousand vehicles uh, in one place. Sansun Auto Mall in Woodbridge. Um, Jordan, why? How, how am I going to pick the the, the Giants this weekend? T- tell me, give me some reasons. Help me help Mike and figure out how these Giants are going to win. Well, you're gonna, first of all, <clears throat> you're going to take the nine and a half points that are out there, Amani, because oh. you're not just going to say, "Okay, I'm going to go with the Giants straight up." Because if you watch them play the last couple weeks when they lost by 56 points, you can't really feel too confident that they're going to win outright. Uh, you're just hoping at this point that they can at least put forth a quality effort uh, defensively. Uh, you would hope they would be able to bounce back. They have a little softer landing spot here against Washington. Tommy DeVito does too, right? This isn't his first start against the Dallas Cowboys defense. This is his first start against the Commanders defense, which quite frankly isn't very good against the pass. So uh, they also got rid of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So that gives you some optimism that Tommy DeVito could be a little better the defense is going to play better, and the Giants at least are going to keep this close. Um, do you think we'll see Matt Barkley at some point, Jordan? <clears throat> um, I think it would have to go pretty poorly to see Matt Barkley. I don't think it's going to be – it would be a significant difference, Mike, if you saw Matt Barkley on the field. I don't. Uh, Matt Barkley, you know, when he showed up, I was like, whoa, that's Matt Barkley. Like, you, you don't look at him and be like, well, that guy was in playing shape. He's ready to – he was ready to play football, and not like Matt Barkley has a great track record and resume anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it, would, it would have to go really, really poorly, I think, early in the game for the Giants to want to, to, want to go in that direction. I don't think there'll be a, a huge discernible difference. Like They can't do stuff with Tommy DeVito. They're not going to be able to do much stuff with Matt Barkley either way. It's, uh, you know, it, it's dependent on what can they do on the ground, running the ball with Saquon Barkley and hit a few passes here or there. You're not body shaming Matt Barkley, are you? I mean, you know. <laughs> are you? Everybody, are you, everybody has their own builds. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but I'm not, when, I don't think I don't think Matt Barkley's in the same playing shape he was in probably several years ago. That's all I'll say. Oh, okay, all right. Well, yeah, I, I just. <clears throat> so, what is the scuttlebutt around Tommy DeVito? I mean, are people? I mean, it's a great story. You know, we've all heard, talked about the story and, you know, local New Jersey kid. We get it. But when you're just stripping away all that and you're looking at the performance, are, 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 you, are, are the people around that, the building, are they satisfied? Are they concerned? Are they just moving on? Like, what is their approach and how comfortable is the entire organization with, uh, with Tommy in there? I think they kind of know what they're in for here. They're in, it's an undrafted rookie who's kind of learning on the fly. <clears throat> so they're looking at it like he's making baby steps, right, as we move along here. Uh, the second half of the Raiders game, he was much better. The, you know, as he got settled down, the second half of the Cowboys game, he was better. Now, we could sit here and say, well, the games were over, so, you know, they basically had thrown in the towel, but they're looking at it as, you know, this is a, a really young guy, a guy that I think everybody kind of knows probably, you know, they would would be best served by, you know, sitting and, and developing more before he got an opportunity to be on the field, but they're trying to make the best of it. And, I, and I, they're not trying to put too much on his shoulders, and they're just trying to sort of work around it. This is basically 
what, 2021 all over again for the Giants, except that Tommy DeVito's Jake Fromm, right? A, a slightly better version, by the way, than what they had with Jake Fromm. That, that essentially got Joe Judge fired. Speaking of Joe Judge getting fired, you know, if you could just move this narrative along, like whatever the final record the Giants have, presumably it'll be a top three pick. What what, what changes mm-hmm. do you anticipate John Mara making at the end of the year? I think the coaching staff will get shaken up a little bit for sure. Um, I, I, I do see that. And definitely you see things that the cracks are starting to show, right? Um, remember back to last game, we saw Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard seemingly yell at each other. Yes. Well, they weren't yelling at each other. Slayton admitted he lost his, you know, let the motions get the best of him. He was yelling at his position coach. Okay. So, not that I actually that might even be worse, right? Than two players yelling at each other. The fact that they're getting so frustrated, they're yelling openly, yelling at the coaches on the sideline. Saquon clearly was frustrated uh, after the fourth down uh, failed conversion in the first half. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's one of the the, the main changes that are going to be made. You know, from a ownership standpoint, is that they'll agree that some of these uh, the coaching staff needs to be changed up. And then we'll sort of move from there. And obviously the quarterback position, Mike, is going to be the big, big discussion. Uh, I know Daniel Jones signed a huge deal, but the Giants also didn't expect to be what we're creating a scenario where they're picking in the top five, right? So if you're picking in the top five, top three, top two, presumably, like that's an opportunity. They didn't think they would be able to get a quarterback, a, a quarterback, a young quarterback. And Daniel Jones now has a significantly larger injury history. You can't build around a guy. You know, at least you can't sleep well when you're building around a guy who now has two neck injuries and is coming off an ACL. Uh, and you're sitting there with a quarterback staring at you in the face where ideal roster construction in today's NFL is you, know, you get that young quarterback on the rookie deal. That, that's sitting there staring you in the face. I think that'll be something that John Mara and Brian Dable and Joe Shane talk about and – probably pull the trigger on one of the two biggest positions that people know on a football team we all know it's the quarterback the second one is the mm-hmm. running back and saquon barkley uh we all know about the con the, co- the contract controversy that he had going into this season signing with the giants what do you th- what is his prospects for next year is he- if he is going to be able to come back to the giants or are they going to try to move on from him uh, with the kind of year that he's had so far. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Well, if you have a, a young quarterback, right, and you draft a quarterback, that leaves open the door to, I mean, you would want as much weapons around him as possible. And even if it's Daniel Jones, you need as many weapons around these guys as possible. It's hard for me to see them just letting him walk, right? So the franchise tag is another option for Saquon Barkley here. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That is another option uh, with, with uh, you know, for a second straight year is to use Saquon and use that franchise tag and uh, move, move forward from there. So I, I do think that that's probably still the most likely scenario when you're talking about Saquon Barkley is that franchise tag. But even then, even if they let him hit the open market, I expect the Giants to be among the teams that, Keep an eye on are, are the bidders because um, decreasing their weapons, their weaponry, either with Daniel Jones or a young quarterback, just, I don't know. I don't see how it makes a ton of sense right now. I, I, I'll tell you what, though, though Jordan, I, I've been there. Like, you, in theory, you could franchise him again, but with all the other things going on in that organization right now, you know, really what they need is leadership, authentic leadership. Like, People that <clears throat> want to lead for the right reasons, mm. that have the ability to have hard conversations with people in, in a way that's productive, and I think it starts with someone like Saquon Barkley. So, you know, clearly the Giants won the battle this summer, but to me, it's clear they didn't win the war, and they go down the road of alienating not only their best player but their best person who could stand up and face the media in, in, in our market every day. I just think that would be penny wise and pound foolish, in my opinion. So, what do you what do you think the scenario is? Like, what do you think the best bet is at this point? 
I would. I, I've said it for a year on the record. I would sign him to a long term deal because oh, when you sign him long term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When 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 I talk to people around the league and they talk about defending the New York Giants, first, second, and third is defending Saquon Barkley, defending him in space, defending him in the passing game. And you take Saquon Barkley off this team, tell me how that's going to look. Yeah, well, I think that's, Mike, I think that's why we saw they didn't want to trade him at the trade deadline because they want him to be part of the future of the franchise. Now, I don't know if they really want to pay him like like you're talking about, but they want him to be part of the franchise. So that's why they were sort of reluctant in, in part because they didn't want the product to be even worse than it is right now. Imagine that. But uh, yeah, but but that that was a big reason is that they want him to be, you know, on their team moving forward at their price, of course. But uh, and and that that that's sort of the sticking point is okay. What what works for everybody here, uh, and that'll be a different one. Which is why I think in the end, what works for everyone is hey, twelve point one million dollars isn't the worst deal for Saquon next year, and it kind of works for the Giants. They're, they'll be in a good shape money wise, where they could. They could have that on their ledger, no problem. Uh, whereas this past year, they were tighter against the cap, and that's why they were a little limited in regards to the franchise tag with Daniel Jones and Saquon. They were, I don't think they'll have that this offseason. Yeah, it just it just seems like a, a very precarious decision um, may, being made on the fact that the only thing that's hurting Saquon Barkley in his quest to get his long-term deal is the fact that he's a running back. And he's had some in- yeah. some injury issues. I'll the injury thing now, too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's an injury thing. I give you that. But still, he's the best player on that team. He, he garners the most amount of attention. And without his character in that locker room, man, it, 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 would, it, would be, uh, it would be it would be pretty hard to watch, and it would be pretty – depressing for a fan to look at this team but when let me you look let at me play devil's advocate for yeah. one second though let's do that let's do he'll that 27 27 27 years old mm-hmm. and that's year, right he'll be he'll be 27 mm-hmm. with a pretty extensive injury history like mm-hmm. signing him for three years till he's 30 years old how much how much does that make sense from a team perspective yeah but let's not the fact let the facts get in the way of a good story here that's exactly what they did with darren waller they brought a guy out with a from another organization into the building with a demonstrative injury history, paid him a lot of money, and he got hurt. So if you want to bring in injury history and look at it apples to apples, why would you pay Darren Waller before you pay the guy in your own building? Fair enough. We're just making the argument of moving forward. They already saw that they bringing in Darren Waller probably wasn't the right idea, right? Mm. So do you double down and do another one, which might not well, be a good idea for the future of the franchise moving forward? Right, but what I would say to that is, like, if you're going to overpay somebody, you overpay somebody with high character in your building that was drafted there, that has stood up as the face of your franchise through thick and thin, and has character beyond reproach, who, by the way, is also your best football player. So, to me, like, I can understand where Saquon Barkley would be really rankled when they're, you know, if... I'm not in the negotiations, but presumably if they're using the whole durability uh, argument against him, I'd be like, are you effing kidding me? You're going to use that against me and you go out and sign Darren Waller? Like, that's the most hypocritical thing from a player perspective. If I was him, I'd really, I mean, he's handling it really well. But, like, again, this is a guy that's beyond reproach, has done everything right, and they're going to say that durability is an issue, but you're going to go out and sign not one but two high-priced players in Daniel Jones and Darren Waller who have both been hurt multiple times in the NFL, both got paid a lot of money, both got a lot of guaranteed money, and guess what? Both got hurt in the 2023 season. So, I don't know, like to me, okay. if you look at the facts, I think it's pretty compelling where Saquon yeah. Barkley's standing. You, well, Mike, we know why Saquon Barkley, after watching all this unfold, everything you just said, why do you think he said what he said this week? Loyalty means nothing. He saw it firsthand, yeah. right? I mean, that says everything you need to know. He learned a lot from what they think about him and, uh, you know, what his future is with the organization this past offseason. And you can hear that. I mean, he's been saying this since he came back. Like, he learned about the business side, okay? And he, he understands where it's at now. Like, he wants to stay here, but who knows where he's going to be? Who knows, you know, what, what the Giants are going to do with him and what his future is. And he can't, you know, trust anything. And him, like, building up goodwill by taking 30 carries a game right now in the last seven games of the season, he knows 
that's not going to do him that get him anywhere. Yeah. And, yeah, you know what's interesting, Jordan? Like to Saquon's credit, and like the way he say says those things is in a way that's really rare in our league. And you you just hope for both sides' sake that they Giants realize that and they figure out a way to keep him because he really has handled a really difficult situation in a very elegant way. Yeah. Yeah, which is why the franchise tag is another just tool to string it along, Mike. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a good soldier. Yeah. Do it again next year. Yeah, I think what he's done to that locker room is is, is immeasurable, not only in what he does on the field, but keeping that the, being that glue guy that keeps everybody together in a very difficult situation. But uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for the insight, Jordan. You got it, guys. Enjoy this game as much as possible. Uh, It's a a, a thriller. There's some good ones this week, Jets. It's a good game. That Monday nighter, you know, that's going to be awesome. But it's a good week. We just got to get through this 1 1 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) Power through it, guys. Power through it. Yeah, and that's the Jordan Rodon Report brought to you by Samsung Auto Mall. Make your best deal right now at Samsung Auto Mall and tell them Bart Scott sent you. And get an extra thousand dollars or a cool G off of your off the best deal. Call one eight one eight hundred Samsung today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Welcome back. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by Bud Light. That's right, Sunday's chore, loading Bud Light in the fridge. It's football time. Bud Light, easy to enjoy. The official beer of the NFL, so make sure you enjoy responsibly. Uh, the band is back. Now we've got everybody, of course. Anita Marks, Amani Toomer, and Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, Mike, welcome in. Uh, let's let's dive right into it. I think this is the biggest story of the day and possibly uh, weeks coming, and that is Cincinnati, right? Um, and just a r- real quick uh, Cliff Notes version here. Uh, As we know, Joe Burrow done for the season, hand injury, coming off of the bus, video surfaced that he had some type of apparatus on this hand, uh, but was not listed on the injury report. And then, of course, uh, throwing the football, no contact injury, but throwing the football, couldn't grasp the ball. Now, of course, as we know, he's done for the season, and now the NFL is investigating the Bengals for uh, not being transparent and not putting Joe Burrow on the injury report. Somebody who's an avid gambler, uh, and although, albeit, I won, I was on the Ravens, I didn't get burned, but those that did get burned, I'm sure irate. Uh, The NFL has a responsibility now because of gambling to be as transparent as ever. And so I think if they are found guilty of anything deceptive, I think the NFL is going to use them as an example. 
to try to keep other teams uh, from trying to hide injuries. Just my take. Mike, let's go to you. You've uh, you've worn that GM hat. What's your thoughts on this situation? Well, you know, there's been an injury report in place for years and, you know, noncompliance will, uh, you know, result in sanctions. So, you know, that wouldn't be any different than, you know, this case. And again, like, you know, it's early on in the investigation. So we got to, you know, keep that in mind. Um, look, players travel with um, <clears throat> different sleeves and stuff. I mean, I'm not a doctor, um, so, but, you know, my sense of it, to be I, I don't think the two are really related. You know, it's clear where he got hurt in the game. So, um, you know, we'll see where the facts take us. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have, like, you have a little swelling in something, but obviously it doesn't bother you enough to get treatment or, Maybe you want, when you're flying, you want to put a, a little apparatus to kind of make sure that the, it doesn't, the swelling doesn't get out of hand. There's constantly bumps, bumps and bruises out there that you're, you know, you're, you're kind of, it's a decision whether you want to report it and, and be forced to go to treatment in the morning or just kind of suck it up and, and, and work through it, which most players are dealing with something that they're just working through. Uh, at all times. So if you want every player to tell you every injury, it's going to do the exact opposite effect. It's gonna, there's going to be so many injuries on the injury report that you're going to be like overloaded by information that could be prudent or could I, not be prudent. I understand. We're not talking about like a, a hangnail. We're, we're talking about, A, your quarterback, who obviously the injury was significant enough that he wear, had to wear some type of apparatus on his hand, yeah, but- and the video was captured as he was getting off the bus. And oh, by the way, to add insult to inju- injury, the team deleted the video. It was out there, and then they deleted it. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I mean- sometimes you wear, uh, like, if you have a little something going on, you, you put on an ankle boot to help it recover faster, to immobilize the joint, to allow it to heal quicker. Um Maybe, it, you know, obviously it didn't make, it, he didn't have treatment on it. He probably just put, I, I just feel like. It, it, do you know that? Do we know that he didn't have treatment on it? it? We don't know it. Okay. We don't know if he got treatment or not. That. All only thing we know is that he played the game. He got hurt during the game. And now all of a sudden you're saying he would have got hurt more, hurt more because he had that thing on before the game. Or I, I just don't, I don't really no, understand. No, no. All, all I'm saying is. You know, if if, uh, what I'm saying is there was obviously some type of issue with his hand to the point where he has had to wear this apparatus. Number one should have been reported, could have been questionable, could could anything. I mean, even and and then to the point Amani, where they delete the video. So obviously they're hiding something if they went to the extreme to delete the video. Right. I I totally disagree. I I just feel like it, it, it. Yeah. I, so why delete the video? Why what delete you, the video? Then, then why delete the video, Amani? As soon as is as soon as the broadcast the team, as soon as whatever Amazon Prime uh, went, oh well, they showed they showed a clip from him getting hit in the in the Houston Texans game, a player coming down on his. So they replayed that clip, and then all of a sudden during the game, the team deletes the video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I just, just know that like why delete the video? There's nothing to hide. Why delete the video? Okay, well, I mean, I used to get ice. I used to get on the ice tub after every game, but I wasn't hurt. I just get nice. Like what? Should I? Every time I get in the ice tub, that's considered treatment. So should I, I? Don't. I just think that you're going down a rabbit hole, and I feel that the NFL is compromising itself by making these things. Like by you know, they're trying to bend over backwards for these gamblers, which I have a, a really big problem about. And also now all of a sudden it's like now the 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 gamblers are telling the players what to you know I, I just feel like if you want to gamble on it that's at your risk like I, we're not going to try and make it easy for you to gamble you're going to gamble anyway I, I just feel like it's 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 ridiculous I think it's ridiculous I'm, now you're mad at the team because you lost you gamble which you're going to inherently risky and you're going to be like oh well you didn't tell me that's why I lost it's an excuse why you lost you lost because you lost you picked the wrong team. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I yeah, feel but like for, it's but, but for folk, but for folks out there who did, and again, I won. I'm sure if I lost, I'd be a lot more surly this morning. But um, for teams out there that gambled on the Bengals, they gambled on the Bengals not knowing they were not notified that 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 
he was dealing with a hand injury on his throwing what, hand, no less. That's why it's well, we, we don't know that he is dealing with a hand injury. We, we don't know that. And I would tell you that when you look at the hit that he took from Javion Clowney. So, for, so, for, then, so all, then why... So then, why exit the bus with with a hand brace? Because I, I've Mike, been around. And, I've been why, around and teams why would a team delete years, the video? And there's Mike. a lot of times pl- players will travel with sleeves and decompression uh, yeah. sort of. Okay, like, so so why delete the video then? Why delete the video? So you're saying because they delete the video, they're guilty? Why? Why? I'm no. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Why delete the video then? Why because delete the video during they, while while you're playing a game against the Ravens? Why delete the video? I'm, I'm sure they have people in their press that are like, "Oh wait, this looks bad," and then they delete the video. Well, don't you think that looks worse? <laughs> I, <laughs> don't you think that looks worse? Well, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals as an organization are not the uh, the the. I mean, they've had history. Brightest for a bulb long on the tree. Of making of yeah, they've been making a lot of mistakes. Um, their their best the best decision they ever made in the last twenty years was getting Joe Burrow, and uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like I, I I feel like it's really ridiculous. Like I, I don't I, I don't I don't like I don't like the fact that um, when you're a player and you're walking down the street and you see so, you know, you're wearing like a, a a compression sleeve because you got a little bruise or you want to get some 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 uh, swelling out. You know, it's everybody else's business. I listen. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. Again, it's all legged. NFL is going to investigate. We'll find out more this week. I just think a, especially since the video was deleted. Since the video was deleted, to me, wow. uh, Now that that, that's like that's like. And and by the way, that's while your team is in the middle of a game, your 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 franchise deletes. You realize there's people all their job is to do is to make sure that the media and everything looks great, right? So they probably overlooked it, and then all of a sudden it started getting smoke, and they're like, "Oh, let's just get let's just delete it." (laughs) It's like you're. It's like you're texting this other chick. Right no, and like no no. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you, Amani. I'm just Come saying on. like like <laughs> like. Don't delete. Just you delete the evidence and then you get caught. You look like you're guilty. You delete the evidence. You get caught. You look even more guilty. Anyway, this is around the league. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Make sure to grab a Tullamore Dew during today's action and remember, when it's game time, it is Tully time. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Uh, now we have the Rich Media Report brought to you by London Jewelers. Rich, there's a lot of things going on in the Jets world. Um, I'm hearing about uh, maybe Robert Sala has interest in Robbie Chosen. No, no. Uh, he made a uh, passing comment when he was asked about that. He ended up back with the Dolphins. He's back on their roster. Uh so uh, I'm not sure why Robert Sala answered that question that way because it kind of opened yeah. speculation. But, yeah, the Jets were never going to sign. I mean, they've been down that road before with him, and uh, he ends up back with uh, Miami. Hey, Rich, there, what about uh, <clears throat> another question that Robert Sala answered about the quarterback 
and pleading the fifth. Like, what, what's uh, where are they with Zach Wilson? And do you ever think they put in another quarterback? Yeah, Mike, I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, obviously, now they always say what the company line is. Uh, how many times have you heard the coach say it's not one person? You know, if it was just one person, we'd fix it. Um, well, it is not one person, but when the one person making mistakes is the quarterback, it's it's a pretty big problem. And the Jets haven't scored a touchdown in 11 quarters, and that's 36 straight offensive possessions. And while there's a lot of other stuff going on around him, like the penalties, you know, at some point, the uh, if it continues, the quarterback has to be held accountable. Now, um, I don't think the Jets, clearly, they don't want to pull the plug on Zach Wilson. I think it would be difficult for next week because it's a short week going into that Black Friday game against Miami. So uh, if things don't get better this game today and then Friday, uh, coming out of that mini-buy, I can certainly see a, a change there. Now, what's going on with this Jets run defense? Why are they rated so poorly uh, among, uh, compared to the rest of the league when this defense is supposed to be like they were talking about earlier in the season? This is supposed to be the 85 Bears. Yeah, I don't think the 85 Bears ever gave up this many rushing yards in a game. They had a rough week last week against the Raiders with Josh Jacobs, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, that question was posed to Jeff Ulbrich this week, their defensive coordinator, and without hesitation, he said, you're right, we've got to get better in that area. And I think part of it last week could be, you know, I think maybe fatigue, you know, being on the field a lot yeah. is uh, one of the reasons why uh, the defense tends to wear down a little bit later in the games. And, so, you know, it's not a big defense. I mean, this is more of a speed defense. That's the way they're built. And so fatigue could probably factor into it. I think losing Al Woods, uh, their defensive tackle, a few weeks ago to the Achilles injury has kind of gone under the radar, but he was their big mountain-of-a-man run stuffer at 330 pounds, and I think they probably miss him a little bit as well. Rich, um, <clears throat> it's always interesting, like, when you play a team that makes a change at coordinator. Um how are the Jets approaching today's game relative to the big news out of Buffalo, Ken Dorsey being let go, Joe Bray being uh, promoted? Yeah, it's uh, the second week in a row that the Jets are having to deal with this. Last week was Bo Hardigree, and, and no, it wasn't Hardigree's first game as coordinator, um, but still, you know, it uh, you know it was a fairly new coordinator. And so this week for Joe Brady, what the Jets defensive players have done, they've actually gone back to uh, some old Carolina Panthers tape from 20 and 21, just when when Brady was the play caller down there, just to try to get a feel for some tendencies. And, you know, I know their analytics department has, uh, you know, done a, a quick deep dive on, you know, play calling tendencies for Joe Brady. So, so they've done their homework against him, but there's always the, it's always a wild card. You know, you just, there's always a little bit of a mystery there. You don't know how he's going to call plays for Josh Allen. So that's what the Jets don't know and something they're going to have to figure out on the fly. Yeah, they've been uh, the Jets have been struggling on offense altogether. I mean, they're the sixth worst team uh, in total uh, total yards per game. Uh, we all know the shortcomings of uh, of Zach Wilson, but what about this rush game? The rush game hasn't been. Um, I mean, they they actually their rush game has been been pretty good. But how could they marry the two up to have to get this team out of the cellar? when it comes to total yards in a game? Yeah, their running game, I don't even know where it's ranked, but the last few weeks it hasn't been great. Um, Brees Hall's been in a little bit of a slump, and they have not moved the ball well on the ground. I would attribute that to um, the offensive line just just not winning at the point of attack. Now you're going to see your seventh different offensive line combination today. Uh, they're going to have a new right guard. Uh, I'm not sure who it could be. Uh, uh, last week it was Xavier Newman. He's not on the roster this week. He's still on the practice squad. So I think you could see Jake Hansen, a pra practice squad call-up, you know, playing right guard today. So I think that's one factor. Uh, another factor, and they tried to remedy it this week. I mean, Michael Carter was really not producing at all. You know, his his numbers were way down, and so they cut him, you know, <laughs> which was a surprise because they simply could have made him inactive, but instead they tried to they they removed him completely from the organization. And so they're going to give Izzy Abanaconda, the rookie from Pitt, his first chance. He'll make his NFL debut today. And he's a fast guy. You know, he's probably the fast. Well, I don't know. Brees Hall's pretty fast, too. But he and Brees Hall are, are sub-4-4 four, four guys. 
and they hope that gives them a spark to get this running game going. Were you surprised that they cut Michael Carter? It seemed like he was a like core guy for them. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, the guy was not producing as a third down back. Uh, for, frankly, I think he was miscast in that role. But, you know, he was doing it, and he wasn't happy. Now, the Jets, they tried to say, you know, they were doing him a favor by cutting him just so he could catch on with the team um, and get some carries instead of letting him, uh, and I'm using Robert Sala's words here, they didn't want him to rot on the bench here in New York. Um, so, I don't know. You could answer that better. I asked Sala directly. I go, how do you weigh, you know, your team's best interest? Because what if somebody gets hurt? And you don't have another running back. You don't have three running backs anymore. So they decided to let him go. I think Michael Carter also wanted out. It was pretty well known around the building the last couple of years that he wasn't happy with his playing time. He's been kind of knocked down the depth chart. And so I think it was basically a mutual party. Now you have two teams that are kind of struggling on offense, trying to find their way uh, in the Buffalo Bills and, and with the Jets. Um, how do you see this game playing itself out? I see it as the team that makes the, the le- least amount of mistakes is going to win. This is going to be a game that's lost and not won because both these teams are struggling trying to remain relevant in this playoff race. Yeah, the Bills can't hold on to the ball. I mean, Josh Allen leads the NFL uh, with 14 turnovers. I know the Bills, I think they've gone six straight games losing the turnover battle, and that's been one of the main issues for them. They've also been a highly penalized team, so they have that in common with the Jets. I think since week four, the Bills have 58 total penalties. The Jets are just under it. I think it's around 56. So two highly penalized teams. And uh, I, the Bills, look, this, this is, they're probably looking at They have a brutal schedule, by the way, after the Jets. So they're probably looking at this game as one they absolutely cannot let get away. Desperation. Uh, the Jets won the, you know, the opener up in New York, up at Jersey. So I'm sure the Bills are looking for a little payback. And I'm, I'm also curious, you know, you had that, remember that comment from Robert Sala after the Eagles game when, when they shut down Jalen Hurts and they, Sala made a comment about how we've embarrassed some of the best quarterbacks in the league. And one of those he was referring to was Josh Allen. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm wondering if that's Great on. Catch. Yeah. 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 Wonder if that's on, uh, you know, now Salah was asked about that a couple of days ago, and, you know, he, he tried to walk it back and said he probably spoke out of turn in the heat of the moment after that, uh, you know, emotional win over the Eagles. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it, he probably was speaking in the heat of the moment, but, you know, he said it, and, if, you know, I'm sure Josh Allen has been reminded of that this week. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, look, when you're up there every day, like, you're never going to speak perfectly, but I'm sure that's one that uh, Coach Salah would like to have back. Yeah, and he admitted it the next day, Mike, in the interview. He did an interview the next day. and I think he realized pretty quickly, because I know I wrote about it. <laughs> it made a headline on ESPN.com, and it made a lot of headlines. It was kind of an eye-opening comment, but it wasn't far from the truth, because the Jets actually, against those big-name quarterbacks like Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, they, their defense did a great job. You know, They had eight interceptions against those three quarterbacks, so it was not inaccurate to say that, but you know how coaches are. They're usually a little more guarded than that. Yeah, this uh, J- this Jet offense is the worst team in the league in the red zone at 22.7%. Uh, Amani, they're the worst team in the red zone in the history of modern football. Uh, I had Elias look up this stat for me. Uh, they only keep red zone stats back to 1978. <laughs> the Jets currently have the lowest percentage of any team since at least 1978. Yeah, that's so, tough. <laughs> it's a historically bad in the red zone. Yeah, I, is there any fixes to that? I mean, what 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 could they? I mean, <laughs> they got to run well, it. They got to pass it. Everything. On, can you change quarterbacks? You know, I mean, I I think I think a lot of it's on Zach Wilson. I mean, he's not a quick processor like once mm. the ball is snapped i don't think he processes quickly and as you know Amani, from playing for so many years in the red zone you know the windows are smaller and things yeah. happen a lot faster so i think all of his shortcomings are exacerbated in that tiny little area of the field and so i think that's a big problem and i also they they don't have a number two uh, receiver. I mean, Garrett Wilson is fantastic, but uh, you know he's going to get doubled down there. Who's who's the other receiver? 
I'm going to go to. I mean, Alan Lazard has not produced the way they had hoped this year. And so I think that's a glaring uh, deficiency on their roster. Yeah, when you look at uh, quarterback play, they say quarterbacks are judged by third downs and the red zone. The Jets are currently last in the red zone uh, with a historically low 27% scoring. And on third down, they're 25%. So I think... The ship has pretty much sailed on what you think of Zach Wilson. Uh, but thank you, Rich, uh, for, your, for your insights. Always makes my Sunday morning to chat with you guys, so I appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, well, there's no Sunday next The Jets play Black Friday. Well, why can't we talk next Sunday, Rich? Okay, let's talk next Sunday. That's absolutely – I'm sure Anita will reach out to me, and uh, we'll talk about Jets Dolphins on, uh, on Black Friday. That'll you know, yeah, if have- the Jets win today and, and the Raiders beat the Dolphins, the Jets will be playing the Dolphins for a share of first place next week, as crazy as that. Wow. Wow. It's just so much yeah. parody in this, in this league. It's, it's fun to watch, and every team except maybe uh, our New York Giants have an actual shot in making the playoffs still, with regardless of the record uh, that they have. But, yeah. uh, but that's the Rich Semenia Report brought to you by in- the engagement experts at London's Jewelers. Uh, you can visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com. And right now, we're going to throw it over to Anita, who spoke with Bill's reporter, Vic Carucci. All right, Amani, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Great stuff from Rich Semini. Now let's hear from Vic Carucci. Vic Carucci has covered uh, the Buffalo Bills for over 20 years. He's got his finger on the pulse of this team better than most. My first question to Vic is, so much drama this week. Ken Dorsey getting fired um, and on such a short work week. Uh, Take us behind the scenes and how this all unfolded, Vic. There are a bunch of uh, layers to this, I think, Anita. The first one uh, is, uh, let's start with what you mentioned, the sadness that Josh Allen expressed, the sorrow uh, over the departure of Dorsey. This was Josh's, he was Josh's hand-picked successor to Brian Dayball. Um, They, of course, he had joined the Bills in 2019. Dorsey did as quarterback's coach. Uh, That was Josh Allen's third, uh, excuse me, second season with the team. So um, right away, you know, and and the fact that Dorsey had played quarterback in the league, they formed a bond, a kinship, a trust, a huge one. And and Jim really, I mean, uh, Josh really felt this sense of connection uh, that, um, frankly, in my view, what was almost unbreakable, like like he, there, it was destined that when Dayball left, Dorsey was going to be the guy because Josh wanted them to be the guy, and Josh is the all the hope, all the future, all of anything the Bills have uh, for this Super Bowl window, uh, which maybe you put in air quotes now. Um, the, you know, Dorsey was going to be a part of that, so. The fact that Dorsey is gone or this decision was made um, obviously wasn't going to play well with Josh because Josh has to feel largely responsible. His poor play, his or or I should say his turnovers, which which equates poor, but certainly not the consistent uh, dominance, even though there are some positive numbers with Josh. And as there should be, he's really talented. But he knows he had a lot to do with Dorsey's departure, just as he did with his arrival. And the decision to do this, uh, you know, less than than 24 hours after that uh, disastrous Monday night loss to Denver, disastrous because, um, yeah, the offense wasn't great, but Dorsey's role in that loss on the list of reasons why they lost it, it. I don't even know if it makes, it maybe makes the top five barely. It's mostly uh, about incompetence in, in other ways. Um, and, and the fact that the, the defense, which is in the hands of Sean McDermott ultimately can't stop a, a last, you know, a closeout moment here, can't stop Russell Wilson and the Broncos. And then the 12 men on the field that, that gives the Broncos that second try shorter distance to win the game with the field goal uh, as time expires unconscionable and again that falls on coaching uh sean mcdermott the special teams uh coach every everybody you want to add it up uh it's there and then why are they trying to change from a dime defense to a, a field goal block 
um, grouping at that point. Uh, so many questions that were lingering that had nothing really to do with Ken Dorsey. And yet that's the change that's made on a short week, uh, no less, to face the Jets. Uh, so um, th- this is this is really one of those situations that has, I think, a larger ramification even beyond the the, the uh, replacement of Ken Dorsey with Joe Brady, the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre, right? Ken Dorsey is not out there trying to count how many men are on the field in the special teams. Um, I, you know, you, you you mentioned Josh Allen. It's really interesting if you look at the statistics. Uh, the Buffalo Bills offensively top, you know, first, second, third in so many statistical categories when it comes to offense. Yet again, Josh Allen leading the league in interceptions. Right. So um, wh- why is that? Wh- what's going on with Josh this season that he's so interception prone? Great question, Anita. I, I mean, I think um Again, I don't think there's a simple answer, but it does start with Josh and whatever is in his head because we we saw these problems right uh, off the bat, right, with that season opener at MetLife Stadium against the Jets. The the four turnovers, three picks, and a and a fumble. He didn't. He looked like a quarterback uh, who was forcing things, who who was not comfortable. Who was and and honestly, the the stage this this opener this this primetime opener was suddenly too big for a guy that at this stage of his career shouldn't shouldn't be experiencing that just shouldn't he's had enough of those big moments you know short of of course a Super Bowl but certainly uh, big stages and Josh Allen national attention both in terms of games and and what he what he's able to to gain from that off the field because of his success in 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 commercial endorsements i mean why did he look like a guy that all of a sudden uh you know stumbled into a, a oh my god this is an nfl stadium how do i handle this and that look that emptiness in his eyes that you know that that vacancy we we've seen it multiple times this season, but especially uh, in that opener and and also in another Monday night game, this one being at home, of course, against the Broncos. So what, whatever is in his head is is that. Now, should should there be accountability on the part of Ken Dorsey for whatever wasn't coached out of Josh, the the, the you know the errors, the turnovers. Yes, of course, that's part of the job of a, of a coordinator to do that too. Um, but also Joe Brady, who was part of that. He he was the quarterbacks coach. He's the daily day to day fundamental coach, right? Uh, your quarterbacks coach. And so there was a fail failure there, um, even though he's the one now, and he's and he's of course in an interim role. Uh, I, I when that happens, you're you're most cases you're not looking as him as a solution as much as a convenient placeholder. But so so there was that uh, the coaching shortcoming. Um, I know that you know there was a lot of discussion before the season on the part of Sean McDermott that Josh should run less, that, that he's got to protect himself more physically uh, when he, when he does run or, or limit those runs and do most of his work from the pocket. Uh, And there's been some theories uh, that that has gotten in Josh's way, gotten in his head uh, in indecision about what to do uh, as things are breaking down. His ad lib ability has been a hallmark of his success Right, the movement, and then throwing on the run, or tucking tucking the ball in, and and barreling over people six five to two thirty seven two forty and fast and athletic. Um, so those are qualities that he's used to his best advantage. You haven't seen as much of. And then there's another thought that have things changed because Sean McDermott now wears the hat of defensive coordinator in addition to head coach. When he nudged out Leslie Frazier in the offseason to take over that role, um, McDermott, it could be argued, coaches like a defensive coordinator more than an, than a CEO, a, a guy who really sees a bigger picture. Because if you're coaching with the defense in mind, you tend to coach an, an offense not to put the defense in a bad position, right? That's that's the core philosophy usually of defensive-minded head coaches. 
and uh, and and there is some thinking that that has contributed to perhaps holding some things back and or limiting uh, Sean's ability to to really see more than he needs to see or get more involved with what's happening on the other side of the ball because uh, he's got to prepare defensive game plans. He's got to sit in meetings with that group. He's got to do more things than what comes across his desk as a head coach. Uh, Vic, really quick before we let you go, we only have a few minutes left. Um, Your thoughts on this matchup. Uh, We know how uh, this defense, especially the secondary, not having Matt Milano, uh, but this is not a Jets offense that is scoring a lot of points. Uh, what do you think game script? How do you think this plays out? Who wins? Uh, give it to us. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Bills, um, but I but I don't. There's not a game on the schedule, and and that included Monday nights where I said this should be. You know, I'll I'll say it should be a win, but not surprised if they lose. So I guess I've got the same attitude toward this one. I expect the win because I can't fathom. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, beating, you know, beating the Bills. Now, the defense of the Jets, we know, is strong. It it could make this one a game where the Jets can hang around uh, long enough, just as they they did on that Monday night game, long enough for maybe one or two plays to, to make the difference. All right. Again, I want to thank Vic Carucci for joining us. Great stuff with Rich Semini as well. Fellas, really do appreciate it. Uh, When we come back, we will kick off hour number three of New York game day with my locks of the week. Went two and one again last week. So we're sitting around 60% on the season, which means we are helping you win some money. (laughs) New York game day returns when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For 100 years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today.